Ladies and gentlemen, hey yo, fellas, 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 welcome into the Tuesday. Million dollars to first place on this spontaneous Tuesday slate. They said, hey, we can't do it on Saturday, the Millie Maker. Let's slide that thing over to Tuesday. Eight days of football and 10 days of actual days out there. Only two days you're going uh, hungry, right? So, with that being said, two game slate, million dollars to first tonight. We're going to get you prepared the best we can right here, right now. We're going to start it off with the Welcome into the channel, by the way, if you know, if you're new here, if you don't know, now you know. So I bet you nice to meet you. So the quarterback position, we're going to start off with. And by the way, I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon because of travel. I'll be leaving actually Wednesday morning early. So getting all my content done for the week up until then is going to be a little bit of a bear. But that being said, some things can obviously change with players coming off of the COVID list. I will be sure to touch on if that scenario is right. So the, the first and the only if that scenario right now as of this recording for Washington is any of their quarterbacks might play Garrett Gilbert. Hell, I mean, you might see some guys from the XFL and that's not even a joke making some debuts here in Jordan Tayamu, who the St. Louis Battlehawks was like one of the best quarterbacks in that league. Kyle Allen is trending and he is who I'm expecting to play right now. Kyle Allen is trending to play as he got on the COVID list mid last week and Taylor Heineke got put on it Friday. So it's a little bit more of a stretch for him to play, but maybe they're all available and maybe Heineke goes. These are not injury related. Remember, they just have to pass one test now these days to actually go through with these updated rules. So Kyle Allen, whether it's Kyle Allen, or Heineke Allen you're gonna get a little bit of a discount on at least so he's like the only way I'd be interested in a Washington football team quarterback as of right now but opposed from that we can kind of get through the the guys who are all on the COVID list as we go through it it's mainly hitting the Rams and Washington hence why their games were pushed Seattle not dealing with too much just Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins and for the Eagles it's just Quez Watkins and a depth running back Jason Huntley former uh, Detroit Lion draft pick but up top you can get to Matthew Stafford who is going to come in with the best total on the slate but not by a lot I mean it's only a point more than the Eagles Stafford is $6,700 he's not insanely expensive he's been hovering in that 7k range on main slates a lot lately and he's by far the leading passer on this slate 36 attempts per game is seven more than anybody else in the slate 299.8 let's call it 300 passing yards per game is 70 more than Russell Wilson who is second on this slate so I think that there are two ways to kind of play this slate and the first way to play this slate is to stack up the Rams and that's a pretty obvious way but on two game slates a lot of the time people get away from stacks so i'm completely fine to go full on game stack and i'm not just talking like a a cooper cup plus uh odell beckham i'm talking a full-on game stack like uh at stafford cooper cup van jefferson and odell on a two-game slate if stafford's going for 300 yards and four touchdowns and you can capture that great game environment the one good team popping off and it's jefferson for 50 and a touchdown just like their last game odell 70 and a touchdown cup does his thing normally where he drops it for over 90 receiving yards on 10 plus targets and maybe finds the end zone like he does in most games or maybe tyler higby who is right now on the COVID list is able to clear and you, you throw a tight end in there a punt tight end as backups kendall blanton right so stacking to the full exit fullest extent to get different the Rams because yes on a two-game slate I hate to break it to you but Matthew Stafford is going to be heavily owned one way to get unique there is to full-on stack and I'm not just talking about two pass catchers I'm talking about three pass catchers stack up from a Matthew Stafford offense so that's the first way to go about it I think there's two ways to attack this slate and that's one of them the second way is to just play Jalen Hurts and now you can play Jalen Hurts naked I'm completely fine on a two-game slate doing that you can stack him with a Goddard or Devonta Smith and it doesn't feel as great there but I think just playing Jalen Hurts makes sense the dude's averaging 58 rushing yards per game the next closest is Russ at 14 rushing yards per game so he has the secret upside there his fantasy points per drop back because of those rushing attempts is by far the highest on the slate and one of the highest on the season and I mean look everything looks good here right he has the best matchup on the slate against Washington in their secondary Washington's uh, the football team right now their overall COVID tracker if you will if we go to the football team right now 
a nice little website tracking all this stuff. I mean, you have the quarterbacks that are on there, right? But then they have 13 defensive linemen or 13 defensive players and seven, seven, seven defensive linemen right now are going to be on the COVID list. Now, some of these guys are coming back, like Cam Sims is reportedly on this list. This is not updated. This was updated six hours ago. He came back. He just got off this list a couple hours back. But I mean, there's still a lot of guys on that list. Now, something to point out is Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen are trending, maybe the two best players that are on that list. Jonathan Allen, the second best defensive tackle, maybe only behind um, Mr. Aaron Donald in the NFL. So they're trending to play. So that's going to change some things there. You have Jalen Hurts himself dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. He was able to practice in full on Friday, and now he gets a couple extra days rest on that thing. Saturday, Sunday rest, Monday, right, heading into this game. So I think Hurts will be good to go with that ankle sprain after it's been now over two weeks by the time he plays in this game. It was supposed to be a low ankle sprain, which takes about one to three weeks to come back. So he should be good to go. So those are like the only two quarterbacks I want to play. Russ has really struggled against this Rams defense, who is getting players back like Ramsey and some other players off the COVID list, expected to play. Aaron Donald is good to go on the passers. We'll see if Von Miller and some of the other boys back there in the secondary are able to get back. We're going to have to track that as the Tuesday live stream comes closer, because if if, if, and if, <laughs> hello, if Tyler Lockett is back, if these Rams guys are out, it's a little bit of a different scenario for us. But assuming that Lockett is missing this game, assuming that the Rams are trending to get some key defensive players back, it's tough. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, they play still slow, and they are in a position, if they don't have Lockett, where they kind of lose their deep threat upside play against the good defense. And then Kyle Allen I have on here is maybe just if you're purely looking to punt the position. If Kyle Allen ends up being the starter, or Garrett Gil Gilbert, or whoever it might be, as long as it's not Heineke. If it's Heineke, I'm not really interested uh, at the price tag. But if it's any of these other guys you're just literally looking to punt hoping to lock box your way Kyle Allen has some rushing upside he played one season with Carolina he was not good he averaged 6.8 yards per attempt he was not good overall 62% uh, completion was actually a little bit high because he was checking down and seemed like more than half of the time to Christian McCaffrey in his big season that year so Kyle Allen is like a 55% completion percentage guy and like a six yards per attempt player this is not a good quarterback you're hoping to luck box in in a decent matchup if anything so yeah I mean it's it's full on full on stacking the Rams is kind of the way I lean otherwise Jalen Hurts at quarterback now we can slide into and before we slide into the running backs just want to let you know this is the final week the final week only last couple of days actually to take advantage of getting the nfl daily fantasy course for free 10 plus hours of videos all of the downloadables game theory how to actually start winning money and taking your emotions out of it and all that stuff you get that you get that for free and a free bet up to $100 for player props if you use the code CLASS, C-L-A-S-S, -S, on prizepicks.com. It's an over-under site. They're our number one partner right now. And they have been for the entire 2021 year and season. And we want to close the season with a bang with a holiday special. Not only that free bet up to $100, but also the 10-plus hours of courses. It's your only offer that you're ever, only time you're ever going to get this offer. So be sure to take advantage of it with the code CLASS. Now we can transition to the running back position, where it's an interesting position. If you're talking about murky statuses, Alex Collins is on the COVID list. Chance he could return for Seattle. He would come back to a two to three headed to four headed backfield depending on how many bodies they kept active with Rashad Penny with Adrian Peterson's also questionable and Travis Homer who's expected to play then JD McKissick as of Sunday of this recording did not practice on Sunday still battling a concussion has now not practiced five days in a row this specific week alone so I put him on there as red because I think he's trending more towards doubtful now we don't have the official news on if he's doubtful or if he's in or if he's out but that is where he's trending so far you can talk about Antonio Gibson then to start it up up top at $6,800 I mean Gibson he's seeing 19 and a half opportunities per game that is leading this slate right now and now there's no McKissick in that last game out they ended up getting down 24 nothing against the Cowboys he ended up fumbling so he got benched a little bit he only saw 13 opportunities but that wasn't kind of like a half of football I mean they benched him right you saw guys like Jonathan Williams former Indianapolis Colt who's with the team in the preseason he gets the rushing touchdown instead of Gibson as sort of Gibson's punishment on the bench Gibson is a thousand dollars more than anybody else on the slate even though he doesn't have insane pass catching role upsides he was getting it a little bit with McKissick out the fumble kind of ruined that so I'm actually going to change Gibson here to a yes only because of this it's a 
two-game slate, and there's really only two players on the slate that are going to potentially see a full workhorse role, and Gibson is the one who has the best chance. He's priced for it, but those 19 and a half opportunities per game, and he spends such little time behind the line of scrimmage that especially against this Eagles defensive line, I think it could be an interesting situation for Gibson here off of maybe a little bit of a flop lag week on a two-game slate. That being said, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson is off the COVID list, so it's going to be a split backfield. I don't think it just goes right back to Daryl Henderson. Sony Michelle has been playing well. They want to go more power run, especially since they don't have Robert Woods. Odell is filling that role, but they don't have Tyler Higby. I think they're going to go, who's more of a pass catcher for this team. I think they're going to go and try and keep this power run game going. So I think if you see 20 run, running back touches in this game earlier in the year when it was 85% Daryl Henderson seeing the backfield opportunities, I think it probably trends closer to 60-40. So now if it's 12 touches to eight touches, Henderson to Michelle. Now, there is always the chance Henderson could take back his job completely, although I don't see that. A 25 and a half point total, six point favorites or so. There is that chance, which if anything, if I was to lean to get to one of these running backs, it would be Henderson with a chance that he can take back his full-time role. These guys have very similar roles overall when it comes to what they've been doing in the red zone this season, 26 red zone opportunities to 24, right? How efficient that they have been actually on the year. Henderson seeing a little bit more targets, but his sample size is bigger to see more targets per game in general. So I would say lean Henderson if you want to choose one guy there. The fact that I kind of want to just full on slot three uh, pass catchers with a Matthew Stafford stack here means I'm probably going to get to less of these guys, which means I personally, and I think a lot of people will probably have ownership to Miles Sanders. It might be too high of ownership, but there's not really many pivot options on this slate. Sanders is expected to go. If Hertz is in Obviously, it's fine, but if he's out, it's even better for Sanders with a less mobile quarterback in Minshew. Minshew's mobile, nowhere near as dynamic or mobile in terms of 60 rushing yards per game that Hertz has been seeing this year. But it's good to see Sanders, right? He's getting 14.1 opportunities per game, but he's literally been limited in two games and left with injury in two to three other games, right? So that's your concern with Miles Sanders, and you're not really getting the true pictures to come through there or the true numbers to go through. The guy's been really good on a yards per touch basis, one of the best players in the league on a smaller sample. Miles Sanders, if I come over to my projections right now, Miles Sanders currently projects out as my second highest but basically 1a 1b with Antonio Gibson projected player 13.6 draftings points on the Patreon projections down below we have ownership and optimizer discord come on into the community we would love to have you so Sanders with an $1,100 price discount off of Gibson is the play there but the problem with Sanders if you had to have one a little bit of the injury concerns but the second problem would be this defensive line for Washington is getting healthier and it's a good one if Montez Sweat and Allen are out there it's a totally different defensive line that being said if they're down 13 defenders seven defensive linemen and only half of those guys come back this defense for Washington football team is still banged up and really just sick on the COVID list. So can somewhat balance itself out, although they might get their best players back. And the other thing is Boston Scott seems healthy. Kenny Gamble is definitely healthy. And now Jordan Howard is returning. Now, I don't think Jordan Howard is great, but coaches love playing Jordan Howard. So Jordan Howard is going to go out there and see some touches. We have to we have to at least keep that into account. The last time we saw Sanders before the bye week, he saw 20 plus touches left late in the fourth quarter, retweaked his ankle, seems to be minor and okay right now. And he had 120 plus yards. He looked good out there. He's been looking good all season long when he gets the opportunities. But this Eagles backfield, their head coach Sirianni, uh, coming from the Colts, the narrative all preseason was that they love to use a bunch of running backs, and that's what they're doing right now. So I would like to see that same workhorse usage that we got. I don't think we're going to get it, though. But we're also not going to get it from maybe anybody else on the slate outside of maybe Antonio Gibson as Michelle and Henderson. We expect to split some load, and I don't even want to begin to tell you what's going to happen in Seattle. The last time that we saw a Seattle slate, we saw Mr. for the first time really ever, Rashad Penny. He's had a couple of games where he's popped off, but he's gotten actually injured in those games. We saw Rashad Penny having a good game. So by the way, right now, Sanders might be my favorite running back play on the slate and we'll have to see where the ownership comes in i expect the ownership to be up there especially if i'm making a video on this i don't know how many tuesday slate videos you're going to see out there in the streets it's tough with the holiday week but you saw 57 percent of the snaps 16 touches on the ground one target came to a reception 138 yards and two touchdowns he scored 30 DraftKings points 29.8 rashad penny he was a number three scoring running back last week but here's the thing i mean 
Alex Collins is still in the COVID list. Adrian Peterson is banged up, so Travis Homer might be back there. It's going to be Rashad Penny's backfield, even if Collins and or Peterson return to this game. But the thing with Collins is he just went from one of the worst defensive lines in Houston, arguably the worst up there with like the Atlanta Falcons defensive line uh, in the in the NFL. He went from that defensive line where he's up by 20 points to now having to face the number one run defense with the number one defensive line and the number one defensive tackle Aaron Donald in the NFL and oh yeah to make matters worse they're coming into this game as like five to six point underdogs so that's not great for Rashad Penny who if the ownership comes in on him I'm very easily going to slide away from it now again Rashad Penny will be a no for me if the ownership comes in on it at a very similar price range I'm going all in on Miles Sanders and I even prefer Daryl Henderson I think that Rashad Penny in this game can see 15 touches I think Henderson can see 13 or 14 with his offense being in the red zone more often with his offense having a much better matchup and i think that if you're just talking about the versatility henderson a little bit better in the passing game so rashad penny is a very uh, wait and see on the ownership he's probably the biggest wait and see on the ownership play on the entire slate right now there's a couple of receivers but he might be the biggest one because last week he had a big week if that ownership is going to reflect him being the highest or the second highest running back owned on the slate i'll probably pivot way more to Miles Sanders and to a Daryl Henderson. After that, though, it's really difficult. Like, I, I have interest in J.D. McKissick, but like I said, he's a maybe for me, but he's leaning very doubtful because he has not practiced all, all of this week. He's, he has to show something on Monday in walkthroughs, which seems unlikely. So if McKissick plays, I like him at 4,800. We don't have anybody who's an underdog like McKissick, but his pass catching role. We don't have anybody on the slate in the 4K range that offers the upside that McKissick does. That said, though, it's seeming unlikely that he's going to play. Only other options, I mean, Kenny Gamel in a crowded backfield with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott potentially going to be active nothing else adrian peterson's questionable i don't think it's that appealing jarrett patterson and jonathan williams for the washington football team even if jd mckissick is out i mean they'll probably each see two to three touches a piece assuming antonio gibson doesn't get benched again so i think this slate is pretty straightforward like if you're looking for a guy below five thousand dollars it's probably as gross as it sounds jordan howard assuming jd mckissick is out um other than that yeah you're really stuck in this this 5k range with gibson being the only guys popping off so i'd probably rank it sanders gibson henderson and penny right now barring ownership and now the most interesting part of the slate is going to come down to the wide receivers yeah cooper cups a yes I-, I keep saying it every week i don't care how owned cooper cup is i'm just going to continue 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 to play cooper cup and now he has yet again another really good matchup against Seattle look it's really hard not to like Cooper Cup I I don't know how you don't like Cooper Cup on this slate every slate people try and get cute and say ah this is the slate Cooper Cup doesn't do well last slate it was oh last time he played Arizona Arizona held him to only like his worst performance of 10 fantasy points which is crazy that your worst performance is 10 fantasy points in that game where he saw 13 targets so he's just really inefficient and then what happens the next time he goes out oh he scored 34.3 fantasy points against Arizona finishing as the wide receiver one that week I mean Cooper Cup has finished as a top 10 wide receiver right now in one two three four five six seven eight straight weeks finishing as a top three wide receiver four of those times the dude is fantastic i'm not getting cute with it he's eighty eight hundred dollars i'm going to find the money to get to him right and it could be difficult but we have punt tight ends we have cheap defenses uh we have other cheap receivers that we'll get to but i'm just going to be trying to get to cooper cup why he is my highest projected player including the quarterback stafford hurts these guys who have stable production and high point totals uh he's my highest projected player in the slate by over two fantasy points so yes he's my highest projected wide receiver on the slate by over seven fantasy points and yeah there's dk metcalf without potentially tyler lockett on the slate seven fantasy points insane we continue to keep taking cooper cup over 88 and a half receiving yards when they give us that number i don't know why they do he has hit the over 88 and a half receiving yards every single game but week four against arizona in that game he had 13 targets and they keep giving us his number on prize picks so take the over 88 and a half receiving yards use that code class for a free bet up to a hundred dollars and 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 
the free NFL DFS course. 10 plus hours of videos. Literally your last week to get it. So take advantage of it. Not now for the holidays, but right now. Lockett is on the COVID list with this game being moved to Tuesday. There's a better chance that he can play. We'll have to wait and see on that one. The fact that he's murky, if it comes down to having to make that call on Monday when they have to take him off, I think by Monday afternoon for the Tuesday game, take him off of the COVID list. If it comes down to that point, it might make his ownership a little bit lower, especially as DK Metcalf's ownership skyrockets. I think though, a lot of people, including myself, are going to go up to, uh, up to cup, right? You're going to see the one of these Seattle receivers, whether it is Lockett, as you can see right here, or Metcalf. If Lockett's in, maybe the ownership balances out a little bit. If Lockett's out, it's definitely all going to Metcalf in the $6,000 range at basically the exact same price. $6,500 Terry McLaurin. We don't even know who his quarterback is yet, is not going to have any ownership. And it's probably rightfully so, especially if Taylor Heineke has not been a great quarterback for McLaurin lately. Literally got him a concussion. The only reason why he's been questionable, technically McLaurin is still questionable, but he was able to practice in full on Saturday. So we're expecting him to go. Maybe, maybe we can see a Kyle Allen or a Garrett Gilbert, I believe is his name, come into this game. Now, McLaurin has not been good. Now, week 14 against Dallas, he ends up getting concussed. So let's throw that one out. But then he's only had one game so far over 12 fantasy points since week seven against Green Bay. Since that game has only been the one game, five catches, seven targets for 103 yards. Has not topped eight targets since all the way back in week seven. But I think that McLaurin, at least on a two game slate, if you're trying to find leverage for a talented player who has upside in Probably sees a little bit Darius Slay, right? Probably sees a little bit of Darius Slay. He has not faced this Philadelphia team yet. He's going to have to face them a couple times to close the season, I believe. I don't know. I just think that this is a big enough question mark to where maybe this is one of your leverage spots, right? Like Rashad Penny, depending on what the ownership is there, the Rams running backs, overloading your lineup with stacking uh, Rams players with Matthew Stafford. Like those are some ways you can get different. But I, I don't know. Something about Terry McLaurin right now, I know that Metcalf is going to come in with all the ownership and Cup. McLaurin's just not going to pick up any of it in that range. And if we're talking game theory-wise, he is still a talented player who can still pop off for a five-catch, 60-yard, and two-touchdown performance, even if his quarterback is not efficient and they will be playing from behind. So something about that just looks appealing to me. It's not a lower body injury. It was a concussion, which he could re-aggravate, of course, but it's not like he's going to pull a hamstring. It, it results in contact for that to happen, the concussion. Which leads us into DK Metcalf, who DK Metcalf, look, with Tyler Lockett out, Metcalf is going to have to get uh, zoned in on a little bit more, but it's going to be D. Eskridge who takes Tyler Lockett's role. So I think Metcalf is going to be, um, for a two-game slate, He's going to have to pick up ownership, but he's going to be over-owned thinking people are going to think that he's going to see this massive role. His projection doesn't change all that much for me. Like, the target share goes up a little bit, but his overall production and targets and volume goes up by, like, one with Tyler Lockett out. We've been saying the same things. We said this with Devontae Parker on the Sunday slate with Jalen Waddle. We said this a week ago with Mike Williams when Keenan Allen was out. These guys who already have their normal role, they're not going to see 30 more routes run and six more targets. They're going to see the same amount of routes run and maybe an extra target look their way. So Metcalf is in play either way in a two-game slate. That's why he's a yes for me, but I do think that the ownership will probably come in a little bit high on him. Now he's seen eight targets in four of his last five games, and that's with Russell Wilson in all of those games. It has yet to hit to production, but he's been very close. He's had uh, six red zone targets over his last four games, back-to-back -back games with two red zone targets. He's been very close. He's been tackled on the one-yard line. He's just missed on red zone stuff being off with Russ. So I do think that he is still a solid play. I just know he'll be overowned if Lockett is ruled out, so just keep that in mind. Next up, $5,800 Devonta Smith might be the cheaper option to go to for leverage because, like we just said, Metcalf's going to pick up a lot of ownership, and then these Rams are up next who are cheaper than Devonta Smith are going to pick up ownership. So I do think, depending on what happens with the quarterback situation in Washington, I do think that Devonta Smith might be the better option for your leverage wide receiver play over Terry McLaurin. If Jalen Hurts isn't, I think we're going to get a better quarterback play. We get a cheaper receiver and look, it's still boomer bust, right? A better total here. They probably move the ball more, a better matchup in the secondary. Won't have to go up against the Darius Slay. So if you're choosing between these leverage wide receivers, I think that Devonta Smith is going to probably be a better option for you than Terry McLaurin, but both will definitely be leverages because Van Jefferson and Odell will be owned. And one way to get around Van Jefferson, Odell, and Cup being owned is to just play all three of them together with Matthew Stafford and figure out the rest from there. I prefer Odell over Van Jefferson. Three straight games with a touchdown for Odell since he's joined this team. He 
is trending up. Like his season stats don't even speak anywhere near what his stats are now that he has a quarterback that can hit the outside throws. People are saying, oh, Odell, uh, I haven't seen him look this good this year. No, they're completely lying. They just haven't watched his actual tape. If you watch his tape with the Browns, he has looked good. He's looked the same exact good. He's been getting open and getting separation. Baker Mayfield, whether it's because of the separated shoulder or just because he's Baker Mayfield, cannot hit outside throws and usually shies away from them. But now you've been seeing Odell play really well. I mean, 98% of the snaps, then he played 52% against Jacksonville when the game was a blowout and his back was uh, coming into that game a little bit sore. Then he gets back up to 73% against Arizona. He has now scored 19.1, 11, and 19.7 fantasy points in three games, finishing as a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL those weeks, two out of three times here. He's looked good. I think that he is uh, probably my favorite Ram. I'm, I'm prior advertising cup but my favorite ramp factoring and price point on the slate that being said yeah the old Dell van jefferson and cooper cup or throw the tight end in instead of one of those guys or throw a running back in with two of those guys the overall rams onslaught is an interesting way to get different adam humphreys is uh, you, you might have just show, saw me take him from not being in play to being in play it seems like curtis samuel is not going to play this week so with curtis samuel unlikely to play has not practiced this week ricky seals jones got added to the practice report on sunday with an illness so we'll see what happens there apparently it's non-covid related that just leads to more opportunities for adam humphreys in the middle of the field and if you i mean you have questionable something that happened with terry mclaurin still of course adam humphreys coming off of a seven target game he only saw seven targets and an increase to 63 percent of the snaps because mclaurin left in that game and he had to be on the field more but he's still a guy who's seeing his snaps ramp up a little bit right he's seen his snaps increase in three straight weeks now with curtis samuel and that was with curtis samuel playing now curtis samuel likely unlikely to play how about that one likely unlikely to play you've been seeing a little bit more usage here and if 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 there's a kyle allen in the game or a garrett gilbert you would expect a slot wide receiver to get a little bit more usage so humphreys who is significantly cheaper it's like a drop off from 1100 drop off from odell who's the only guy in the 4k range to humphreys um it's interesting especially when you consider that the next guy is quez Watkins right now he's on the COVID list for philly we'll see what his status is deandre carter for washington football team he's been playing like this outside role he's a former special team player former slot receiver for the Houston Texans. DeAndre Carter, I would assume that Adam Humphreys is going to secure the slot a little bit more, uh, become more of a, a primary read. DeAndre Carter is a shorter player, but he has speed, a 4-4-9 guy on the outside. The problem with Carter is just that, I mean, he doesn't really command targets. He doesn't get separation. He is undersized for sure. He's 5'8", 185 pounds, extremely undersized. So Carter's a tough one to sell me on. And then you start to get to these plays where Humphreys is not going to be owned in the 3K range because the Seattle guys will be owned, especially. I mean, they're going to be owned if Tyler Lockett's out. If Lockett is out, his replacement is D. Eskridge, who's a, a, a rookie from this year he has not played much this year because he's dealt with injuries he was a second round pick because they didn't really have a lot of picks and he's been seeing his snap count rise in each of the last five games since he returned against playing the green bay packers so i like d eskridge a lot if there's no Lockett at 3300 he fills the exact role as Lockett. Lockett was a 4-4 guy coming out of the draft at 185 pounds and he was 5-8 d eskridge is 5-9 190 pounds and he's a 4-4-5 guy so he's similar speed to Lockett, a little bit bigger he's going to run those Lockett routes he's going to replace Lockett. freddie swain is going to still play his normal role so freddie swain is also in play but i'll take my chances on the guy replacing Lockett again if by the time you're watching this because news comes out on Monday that Lockett is off the list forget everything I'm saying Eskridge can remain in play because he'll run 15 routes and his routes have been increasing he's slowly taking Freddie Swain's role but nowhere near as much if Eskridge, if Lockett is ruled in then really your only options in this range start to come down to Adam Humphreys who we just talked about and Jalen Rager I don't like Jalen Rager he's had a couple of bad games this year I liked him last year but you can reevaluate once you actually see the guy in the NFL dealt with injuries early on as a rookie and it just hasn't been there for him he's had opportunities and he's 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 fumbled those opportunities. If Quez Watkins is out, Jalen Rager, he's already the wide receiver two on this team, but he starts to secure that role a little bit more. The problem is that this team rarely throws the ball. Like they've been so successful running the ball and now they're touchdown favorites in this one. So like Rager, who has 
has not topped three targets in only he's only topped three targets in one game since week five it's really hard to find the upside in him for a guy who is a downfield receiver for is a guy who is a downfield receiver with some speed came out with that 447 speed a burst score in the 98th percentile according to pro football focus so if Eskridge is in as the starter because Lockett is out, he is the clear guy in the $3,000 range. A pivot option is Adam Humphreys. I think Adam Humphreys is a decent pivot option. Other than that, I'm not seeing much. Freddie Swain and DeAndre Carter and Cam Sims, who got taken off the COVID list, they're all guys to at least mention. None really stand out. Diami Brown will be a depth piece, a wide receiver four for the Washington football team. Penny Hart will be a wide receiver four or five at best for Seattle in this game. And then Ben Skowronek, I mean, he's just a 6'2", 220-pound, nice-sized receiver, but he has no separation skills. He has no real skills in general. He'll operate as the wide receiver four in this game for the Rams. If he, if you wanted to put him in one of your stacks as a prayer and just say YOLO, I mean, the guy runs a 4-6-2. I'm not that interested. In the last game out against Arizona, he only ran five routes. Game before that, only nine routes. Expect five routes in at best one target. So that's how I break down the wide receiver position, right? I think that it's it's, it's very top-heavy. Of course, it's top-heavy. I mean, you're going to see all the ownership in the world coming on Cooper Cup and DK Metcalf, which is going to open up leverage opportunities with McLaurin and Devonta Smith. I lean Devonta Smith for the matchup. Um, I just, in general, more healthy at this point. And you get a little bit of a price discount of $700, which might come into play this week. But expect ownership on Cup, a lot on Metcalf if Lockett is out, and then expect ownership to slide in on these Rams guys of Andrew Jefferson Odell. I expect that's where the ownership is going to condense the most. D. Eskridge will pick up ownership in the three carries. We'll see how much. Probably not insane amount because he's still D. Eskridge. Not a lot of people still know about him. But since there's not a lot of options, that's probably like the four or five guys who pick up ownership. Chalk is not a bad thing. There is good chalk and bad chalk. We'll have to see how much comes in there. But expect some leverage pieces to be Jalen Rager, Adam Humphreys, uh, Terry McLaurin, and Devonta Smith on this slate. To close up with the tight end position, these teams don't have a lot of tight ends. They each run with like one tight end, but there's some injury murky status newses. Ricky Seals-Jones got added with an illness on Sunday to the injury report. So just track that. It doesn't seem detrimental, but we'll have to see. Other than that, Tyler Higby is currently on the COVID list. I'm projecting him out. If he's in, he's my favorite tight end play on the slate. If he is indeed out, it really just comes down to two tight ends that are going to be full-time tight ends. It's Dallas Goddard, who popped off in the last game, but that was with Gardner Minshew, a lot of play-action passing, and really, really just bad tackling against him. So Goddard's 4,900, significantly the most expensive. Kind of tough to pay up for Goddard, even though he's not insanely expensive. Like a 4K tight end is not that much, like 5 to 6K is where it starts to get pricey. But it's a bit of a different story when you look at this and you see that uh, it, it, you, you're trying to pay up for Cup. When you're trying to pay up for one of those maybe top ends quarterbacks and then the running backs are all you know 5k to 6k it starts to become tough and maybe saving that money a thousand to two thousand dollars at tight end makes some sense there because he's not playing the new york jets like he was when he went off for that big game so i would lean right now and let's assume that higby is out and again if higby is in he's my favorite play in the slate but if he's out well then gerald everett is going to come into play gerald everett it's kind of like a big if then statement right if higby is in i like him more if higby is out and tyler lockett is out i like everett if higby is is out and Lockett is in. I lower my interest towards Everett, but he still becomes a decent punt at the price play tag. I mean, he's just going to line up in the slot a lot more. He'll probably see a nice roll increase. He had a terrible game out with a four catch game that ended in one point because he had so many fumbles against San Fran. Then he comes in the next week against Houston. It's a blowout, so he doesn't see as much uh, run. They run the ball a lot more in general. He has a touchdown in that game, though. 11 fantasy points overall. He's now had 10 or more fantasy points in four out of six games with Russell Wilson. So it's some or five out of seven games with Russell Wilson. He's had 10 or more fantasy points. So it's something to keep in mind. The price tag is nice on Everett. If Ricky Seals-Jones' illness was to keep him out, well, the punt play is just John Bates. Expect a, a three-catch, 40-yard game, and you hope for a touchdown. Uh, if, if Ricky Seals-Jones is in... Both of those dudes, John Bates was still running ahead of Seals Jones, who was dealing with a hip injury in the last game. Those dudes probably split the role. I just go down to the punt of John Bates. So Seals Jones is a tough one for me to get to right now, uh, just because they'll probably both run like 20 routes. 
Bates maybe a little bit more since Seals Jones still has this hip injury and an illness now. Only other dude on the slate worth mentioning is Kendall Blanton. I do think that Bryson Hopkins is a solid player, but they showed us the last time that they don't really want to play him. Kendall Blanton is basically an offensive lineman. He is not that athletic. He is literally drafted, uh, undrafted out of 2019. His current weight, 262 pounds as a tight end. So don't expect much from him, but he did run 19 routes when Tyler Higby was out, caught two balls for 29 yards and three touchdowns. He's not going to break away speed by no means at all. He has 495 speed, which is literally one of the worst in the NFL for a tight end but he's a big player who's on the field a good amount. So Blanton and John Bates are your punt options. There's nothing wrong if Tyler Higby is out to just put Blanton in the lineup. He's a punt play. He allows you to fit Cup and Odell and Matthew Stafford in the same lineup together. You can run it back with a Metcalf, run it back and get different with a DS Gridge, who's another easy way. So there's some nice stack pieces on this slate. There's three or four $3,000 receivers. There's two tight ends in the 2K range. I would probably say on this slate on how murky it is and why I want to save money off of Goddard that there's it's probably optimal to be punting to a Kendall Blanton in your Ram stacks. If you're not playing Ram stacks, then anything goes. Stacking with Goddard if you're playing Jalen Hurts, uh, stack running it back with maybe a Ram stack in Everett or double tight ending it doesn't feel great, but one way to get different. So tight end's kind of a, a free-for-all right now. I lean to go to Everett if there's no locket and or punt to Kendall Blanton, the tight ends in that game, um, just to try and save some money. I think that's where we can get an edge on that. So the ways that I'm kind of playing this late right now, I know I didn't mention Russ a lot. It's just not there for me. If Lockett is in, you get some more options. Uh, it's the full-on onslaught the Rams, like stack three guys, not four, but stack three guys with Stafford, a tight end and two pass catchers, or all three receivers. I would say maybe a running back, but with them being in a split backfield, that's really tough to try and guess. You're throwing darts. So full-on onslaught them or play Jalen Hurts and go from there. Uh, but yeah, I think there's some really good plays. There's clearly leverage plays in this two-game slate, and there's a million dollars to first place. So thank you for tuning in one last time. If you want the tools, the projections, the rankings, the ownership, the thousand-plus Discord members, uh, where we're basically you know winning the Dollarooskis in there, right? It's a lovely community of like-minded people. Discord, Optimizer, all that. Come on in on Patreon down below and use the code CLASS, C-L-A-S-S, -S, CLASS, as I put the belt on my arm. Use the code CLASS. Right here, baby. You get the class in there for free and a free bet up to $100 on prize picks. If you use that code, you get that course for free and a free bet up to $100. This is the last week to do it. Once the holidays are over, that special is over. So peace out, gang, and I'll see you all in the next one.